Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you, and understanding will guard you. If you can then turn to page 617, we're going to be reading from Psalm 119, and we're reading the first 16 verses. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you that you speak today through your word, the Bible. And we pray that as we come to it now, you would give us eyes to see, that you would teach us full obedience, holy reverence, and true humility to the glory of your name. Amen. Please take a seat. Uh, You might like to find the yellow uh, 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 outline that you were given on your way in, and please do turn back to the reading in Proverbs chapter 2 on page 635, uh, which we'll be looking at in the next few minutes. Well, Gold Rush is a TV show that follows the efforts of several family-run Canadian uh, uh, gold mining companies. Um, I've only seen a couple of these episodes when I've been visiting a relative who's a fan of the show, Uh, but it's extraordinary the efforts that you see them going to to find just a small seam of gold somewhere in the hills in northern Canada. It's a major operation. Uh, They have lots of heavy machinery, lots of employees. It's dangerous work, Uh, but they do it all for that moment when they discover a seam of gold, and then you see them laugh and hug and celebrate together because they found treasure And the joy is all the greater because of the long seeking. And now that's what some families in North Canada spend their days doing. But really, we're all hunting for treasure. 
and we'll all be hunting for treasure in 2018. It just depends on what you treasure. And what you treasure is that thing that heightens your senses, that makes you sit up and your eyes light up. Uh, Perhaps you imagine that summer day when you open an envelope to find that you've succeeded in your exams. Uh, You imagine that special person returning your affections. The promotion or pay rise at work, maybe the spot at the top of the leadership board at the golf club, I don't know. Or perhaps you just imagine sitting in uh, your armchair, quiet and carefree, and your heart says, that's what I want in 2018, and I'll work hard to get it. That's your treasure. We'll all be hunting for treasure in 2018. It just depends on what you treasure. What do you treasure? What's worth treasuring in 2018? In Proverbs 2, Solomon, the king of Israel, writes to urge us to treasure God's words and to work hard and persistently at understanding them because, most preciously, there we will discover God. And second to that, from knowing God rightly will flow wisdom for every area of life. In chapter 2, verse 1, Solomon addresses these words to my son, not because he's writing to his biological son, but because he's writing with fatherly love and care. He's addressing us as his children. And neither are these merely the words of Solomon. He's passing on the words that God has given him. So these are words to us from God through Solomon. And in verses 1 to 4 of Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon urges us to treasure God's words. Point one on the handout. Treasure God's words. We begin in verse 1. My son, if you accept my words. Discovering God and living wisely depend on accepting God's words. Perhaps there are some here who you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. And if you're honest, when you hear the Bible read, you feel your guard kind of go up. Uh, You suspect it. You suspect it to be a power play, an attempt to manipulate you or control you. If that's you, look again at how verse 1 begins. My son. God's words, the Bible, are the words of a perfect and loving heavenly father to his children for whom he wants nothing but the best. It should feel like uh, opening a handwritten letter from a loved one when we open the Bible. And it's with that frame of mind, that, that kind of attitude, that we're to come to God's word with humility and a desire to hear from our Father. Neither should we fail to respect the Bible, thinking we can push it around to our own advantage, looking for ways we can manipulate the Bible uh, to justify ourselves or advance our agendas. We mustn't treat it like that because it's not just a book, it's a voice, the voice of the living God, and he won't be pushed around. So rather than try to twist God's words, we must accept them as they come. God's words are something not to suspect, but respect and accept. My son, if you accept my words. Next, notice whose words we're to accept. My words, verse 1. There are lots of other people urging us to accept their words. Look down for a moment at verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. And then verse 16, it will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words. Just as Lorna said to us earlier, we're so surrounded by voices telling us what to believe. 
It happens so much that often we can stop noticing they're there. But you and I are being influenced by them every day. In such a noisy crowd, we have to choose whose voice we're going to listen to. Accept my words, says God. We should accept his words above and over anyone else's because, verse 6, the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. My son, if you accept my words. Look how the love of God's words escalates in the next few verses. The second half of verse 1, if you store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Storing up my commands within you is about more now than just accepting God's words, but now we're accumulating them. We're giving them a place in our memory, storing them up. So when you're exposed to God's word, reading it privately or in small group or hearing it preached, do so with the intention to remember what you're hearing. Don't let it wash over you like water off a duck's back. Soak it in, store it up. And when a a verse from the Bible particularly strikes you or you you find that God particularly speaks to you through that, try committing that verse to memory so God can continue to speak to you through that word during the day or the week. It's a great practice storing up God's words in us like that. Verse two, turning your ear to wisdom. This isn't just accepting God's words or even storing them up if and when you hear them. It's listening because you want to hear them. It's listening out for opportunities to hear God's words. But let's take it up another level. At the end of verse 2, it says, applying your hearts to understanding. When we talk today about our hearts, we tend to be talking about our emotions or our feelings. But in the way that the Bible uses it, it means our minds, our wills, but also our emotions. The heart is the center of who we are and how we make decisions. When we come to the Bible in small groups or reading it privately, we're not just to engage our minds to understand it, though that's very important, but we're to engage at every level. We're to engage our wills. What do I mean by that? I mean bringing that part of you that makes decisions and allowing it to be shaped and changed by what you find in God's words so that you might actually live differently as a result. And we're to engage our emotions too, applying them, first of all, to understand the force of God's words and then in turn letting them change how we feel. There's accepting and then there's storing up and turning our ears, but now there's applying our hearts, our whole selves to understanding deeply what we've heard. You see how it's escalating? If verses one and two are about receiving God's word, then verses three to four are about pursuing it. Take a look down at verse three. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, when you read the Bible, pray to God. Call out to him to help you understand. If you ever have to move church because you go to uni or because you move home, don't join a church where the Bible isn't clearly taught. Insist on it. Cry out for it. Give me God's words. Settle for no less. Verse four says, and if you look for it, as for silver, even more than calling out for it, there's doing the hard work to find it for yourself. Silver, like gold, must be mined. And that's hard work, whether in the hills of Canada or in the Bible on your lap. Let's be real about this. Reading the Bible can be really hard work. 
Someone was telling me this week that several times they've started doing, uh, trying to read the Bible in a year and have got stuck at Job. And I was actually quite impressed. I've, I've fallen much earlier than that, uh, trying to do the Bible in a year. Uh, if that's your experience, don't think that that's unusual or that you must be kind of peculiarly unspiritual. Sometimes, even often, reading the Bible is hard, but then everything worthwhile is. Look for it as for silver. And at the end of verse 4, search for it as for hidden treasure. Do you see how the love of God's words has grown? It began with accept my words, then store up, turn your ear, apply your heart, call out, cry aloud, look for, search for it as for hidden treasure. But why would we treasure God's words like this? Why when it's such hard work? Why would I get up early to read it even when I'm tired? Why would I switch off Netflix even when there's a a cliffhanger? Why would we treasure God's words like this? You'll only do the digging if you want the treasure. So let me show you the treasure. We're at point two on the handout. Treasure God's words to discover God. Do you see, if, verse one, you accept my words... If, verse 3, you call out for insight, if, verse 4, you look for it as for silver, then, look down at verse 5, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is about awe, and the knowledge of God is about intimacy with him. We can discover awe and intimacy with God through his words. Last week, I went for a walk with my brother and his family. He's uh, married, three kids. Uh, The eldest of their children is uh, a seven-year-old girl called Ava. And we went for a walk. My mum was there as well. And we parked up the car, went for a walk around the lake. And just before we got back to the car, there was a playground. So we stopped, and the kids uh, had a good time there. The adults were chatting. And uh, after a while, my mum and I started making our way back to the car. And just before I got to the car, my brother phoned me and he said, is Ava with you? I said, no, I thought she was with you. And he said, we can't seem to find her. Can you start heading back towards the playground to see if she's tried to follow you and mum? And so I I started heading back and looking around for Ava and couldn't see her. Looked in all the obvious places, um, but couldn't find her. Uh, Five minutes went by and um, a fast walk turned into a run as we started running around. Difficult to do in wellies. I don't know if you ever tried that. But uh, anyway, running around looking for Ava. Ava, Ava, where are you? Ava, looking in all the obvious places. She wasn't anywhere. And so the concerns started to build and rise. Where on earth could she have got to? Ten minutes went by and we started asking people, have you seen this girl? Pink wellies, blonde hair, about seven years old. No one's seen her. Fifteen minutes go by and we're recruiting people to help us look. People are running around the lake for her. We call my dad. He comes down in his car, starts looking for Ava. We're getting really concerned by this point. My brother's running around the lake to try and find Ava. And After a while, eventually, on the other side of the lake, lost and confused, he finds Ava. But we worked hard to find her. We would have been there all night if we had to be. Why? Because we love her, because we value her, because she's precious to us. We don't read the Bible because we want to win the Bible round in the next church quiz, or because we want to look godly or clever in small group, or at least we shouldn't. We read the Bible because we want him, because he's precious to us. We love the Bible because we love the one who rustles through its pages. Friend, do you want the treasure of awe and intimacy with God? 
Some days when I'm praying, I use one of the prayers in a book called The Valley of Vision. It's a collection of prayers written by Puritans hundreds of years ago. And often when I read uh, those prayers and see the awe and intimacy that those people had with God, I'm jealous. I want to know and love God like they did. I read this quote the other day. Come near to the holy men and women of the past, and you will soon feel the heat of their desire after God. They mourned for him. They prayed and wrestled and sought for him day and night, in season and out. And when they had found him, the finding was all the sweeter for the long seeking. Friend, if you find reading the Bible hard work, then don't worry, you're normal. But know that it's worth it because he's worth it. There'll be days that feel unrewarding, maybe weeks or longer, but the finding is all the sweeter for the long seeking. And what's more, you can be sure that your seeking won't be in vain. If you accept God's words, calling out for insight and searching for it as for hidden treasure, look again at verse five, then you will understand and find the knowledge of God. You won't waste your time. There's no doubt about it, not because we're confident in our own skill in reading the Bible, but because we're confident in verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. When we seek him like that, like verses one to four, the Lord graciously gives us wisdom and understanding. He gives us spiritual eyes to behold his glory in his word. And this is where we behold that glory, in Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, Paul describes Jesus as the wisdom of God. And he says, in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. When we seek God's glory through his word, he gives us his son and he says, he is my glory. When we seek a way to know God through his word, he gives us his son and says, he is the way to know me. If you treasure God's words to discover awe and intimacy with him, he will give it to you through his son. If you're not a Christian here this morning, and if you want to know God, then we want to help you to discover him in his word. You've already heard this evening about the Christianity, this morning about the Christianity Explore course. It'll be starting in about three weeks' time. There are flyers around the building. There are a few details on your news sheets. Uh, talk to us, that, uh, those of us that are wearing badges. We would love you to join us and see the goodness and glory of God in his word. But know this, Jesus is treasure worth digging for. And with the fear and knowledge of God come all the blessings of knowing him. Verse seven, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. When our relationship with God is set right, we start living and start living according to his commands. So many things in life start falling into place. Compare for a moment verses eight and verse 11. Verse eight says, for he, God, guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. But verse 11 says, discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Verse 8 says God will guard and protect us. Verse 11, that discretion and understanding will. Uh, The point is that God protects us through the discretion and understanding he gives. When we follow a map, we avoid pits and bogs and cliffs. When we follow God's paths through life, 
we're protected from so many dangers. That doesn't make us immune from harm, but it does protect us from the trouble that comes from foolish choices. And that flows into the third point on the handout. Treasure God's words to discover God and live wisely. It's only when our relationship with God is set right that verse 9 will happen. Take a look. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair, every good path. And what is right and just and fair is talking about our relationships with each other. If we want to live wisely in our relationships with each other, we first need to sort out our relationships with God. The way to fix the horizontal relationships is to first fix the vertical relationship. Our relationships with each other will only be right insofar as our relationship with God is right. When we fear the Lord and know him, then and only then will we understand what is right and just and fair. It's why the first four of the Ten Commandments are about our relationship with God and then the, sec- the last six are about our relationships with each other. It's there in the Lord's Prayer as well. First the vertical and then the horizontal. Some people look to God only when they want wisdom to fix this or that problem in life. The horizontal things go wrong, so they run to God for help. He becomes a means to fix my problem, and his words become a self-help book to become a better me. Now, the Bible is packed with wisdom for life, but it's a book about God, not an encyclopedia about us. You can't skip God to get to the wisdom because Jesus is the wisdom of God. And it's in him that are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Treasure the Bible to discover him, not to fix your problems. And yet, when that vertical relationship with God is set in order, we can become wise in our horizontal relationships too. 4 verse 10, wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. You see, by discovering awe and intimacy with God, gazing on his glory in his word, we'll come to think and act and be more like him. If you want wisdom to live wisely in 2018, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Search for him, discover him, and with him will come the wisdom to live wisely. But as we draw to a close, there remains in this passage a looming If, if you accept, if you call, if you look, we'll all be hunting for treasure in 2018. It just depends on what you treasure. What are you going to treasure in 2018? At the end of the service, why don't you go over to the church center and take a look at that resources table? Uh, It's got some great uh, ideas and resources uh, for reading God's word and really getting into it this year. A plan Plan how you're going to read the Bible this year. Ask your small group to pray for you in your Bible reading and pray for yourself, calling out to the Lord for help. I know many of you already treasure God's word. Uh, Encourage those who find it harder by sharing what he's been showing you and praying for each other. Let's have a culture in this church of treasuring God's words and helping each other to do so. Not because we love being booky, brainy people, but because we love God and Jesus' son. 
When I was 18, I lived with my gran for a year, and I'm not quite sure how we came across them, but we found a bunch of these journals that my granddad had written when he was younger. I, uh, I never actually met my granddad because he died before I was born. I'd heard lots about him from mum and gran, uh, but I loved beginning to read these journals because I felt that as I did, I was beginning to get to know him a bit. I, I, I not only learned what he did with his time, I learned a bit about how he, he, he thinks, even his sense of humor. It was great. I really enjoyed it because I felt like I was getting to know him through what he had written. You can know God through his words. And while I can never have a relationship with granddad through his journals, I can with God through his word because he's alive. That is, I can if I will seek him. Reading the Bible isn't always easy, and you won't do the digging if you don't want the treasure, but be assured that Jesus is a treasure worth digging for. In him, we'll discover the awe and intimacy with God for which we have all our lives been secretly longing.